so here we are, Hadi. Um, welcome back to the podcast. You've been here before. This is not new to you. Um, the only new thing is that this time we are going to be talking about uh, a very difficult to read book, which is the Talk Book of Revelation, Revelation yes. right? Um, and some of the concepts in the book. But um, to get it all started, I think it would just be nice to talk about something on the soft side. What are some of your earliest memories of the book of revelation i mean there's so many sermons out there there are movies mm -hmm. the music mm -hmm. and you know yeah. different things out there in the media what are some of your memories yeah. of it you know what's really interesting is that um i i have a very distinct memory of seeing some movie clips or maybe it was a tv show but i didn't know what it was yeah. but it came back to me at this um, this course uh -huh. in, uh, with Dr. Lin on Revelation and Imagination one of the student groups was doing a book presentation on this book called um, The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey I believe yeah. it was published in let's see 1970 uh -huh. and it was also made into a movie yeah. um, basically it's this wacky <laughs> just can't think of any better word I like um, the adjective yeah of uh all the you know all the quote-unquote prophecies in the book of revelation which is yeah. the last book in the christian kind of protestant canon yeah. um about the so-called end times which uh -huh. is when jesus will come back mm -hmm. and god will judge the righteous and the wicked and basically crazy battles take place and yeah. um plagues and like destruction of the earth and new earth comes into play and god is like triumphant over the enemies like there's a lot of really violent and and vivid images and language of like battles and crazy monsters like yeah. it's a wild book but like yeah. so the the book by Lindsay um Hal Lindsay takes all of those um language and uh -huh. treats them as a prophecy to be fulfilled and he somehow like interprets all of like known kind of human history and phenomena especially the like late 60s 70s yeah. kind of um, political climate it and the yeah. world events yeah. um, interpreted through that language and saying like all of the prophecies in the book of this like this re you know revelation is yeah. coming into like fulfillment like yeah. this is happening it's going to happen yeah yes. and so <laughs> the the movie version of that is a clip like there are just these scenes of like people praying and then people being raptured like and like war happening yes. and i remember seeing that as a kid and i had no idea i had zero context of what i was seeing yeah. but it like you know as like the old people would say like it put the fear of god in me. <laughs> like, i mean that's a scary thing to be watching yeah, for a kid you know yeah. and i was like oh my gosh like yeah. one day like jesus will come back and all these wars will happen yeah. and like yeah. the world is gonna go crazy and blow up and I, people are gonna be raptured and i was like yeah. so scared of that yeah. Um, but I, again, I had no idea what I was seeing. But yeah. I, it, the memory came back in this class because when these students were doing the presentation on this book, I was like, exactly. "That's what I watched when I was a kid." Yeah. I had no idea. Um, 
but yeah i would say actually besides that really crazy movie that i had i don't even know why or how i mm-hmm. watched it when i was a kid um revelation is not something that i remember being taught on or talked about that much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. growing up um i grew up in a pretty charismatic um korean church Mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s Mm -hmm. and so i'm dating myself now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and even though there were a lot of very obvious parallels to what um people would describe as like fundamentalist kind of evangelical beliefs in the states revelation was not one of them Mm -hmm. um i don't really remember people teaching me or sunday schools about like jesus coming back but i think there are some images of like heaven and angels Uh and um like that there is some kind of you know judgment or like justice gonna i I think justice maybe is the more appropriate theme that i remember is that basically like all the wrongs in the world all the evils and the bad things that we happen like see happen like will be made right one day like That's god right. will make everything right one day That's like right. that is something that resonated but yes. not so much of the crazy themes <laughs> right i i yeah. i think my experience is also kind of similar to yours uh the only difference is that i guess for me growing up in a similar background as you mm. the emphasis on um heaven and hell was tied to living a good life and you know not living a sinful life you know as it would be described because living a sinful life has consequences Mm. at the end of life right when Mm. when everything that is described in revelation as prophecy happens Mm. uh, because you did not live the life that you were supposed to live like you didn't do good Mm -hmm. then you will not go to the place where good people go to namely heaven and Mm. you know it's tied into the heaven and hell kind of message is what i'm saying and then there was also a huge emphasis on the antichrist right so interesting it's also tied into like politics and i grew up in ghana you all so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know even though we were in ghana we were looking beyond um the country and Mm -hmm. thinking of the antichrist as this political figure who would do all the bad things like you know at some point like obama was the antichrist at some point it was george bush at some mm-hmm. point it was something else right it, it, just sure. anybody who would do something that yeah uh, the the culture within which i was sure, would not consider as yeah. you know this is what we don't expect of this person to do then mm-hmm. the person is likely the antichrist and then you know this, like, interesting so do you actually remember being taught like from the pulpit people preach this is all street this is all street like okay this is all street like comments i guess like from the pulpit it was more in the movies like you know the left behind movie was shown Mm -hmm. um you know in youth group and Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. and everybody will watch it and Mm -hmm. it's a way of uh putting the fear of god like you said in Hmm. the in the hearts of the youth so that they would do the right thing right (laughs) i see so it's it's actually more of like oh you don't want these things to happen to you so yes. like listen to your parents listen to your parents <laughs> go, right. to church. go to church or I see. when you go on the street and you evangelize the people then oh. you need to tell them of like you know the terrors that are uh, going to happen at some point so my experience was hmm. was this, was that um super interesting and then it, it makes me kind of think about how um it's not so much the actual words 
in Revelation mm-hmm. that we are dwelling upon, but the kind of the force behind mm-hmm. the language, mm-hmm. the images. So, namely for you, that's um, this idea of heaven and hell, or exactly. like a retribution, yes. um, doing the right thing so that you will not be punished. Exactly. Um, but not exactly like you reading the book and trying to understand like what is the beast like who is this person or the horses yeah yeah seals and the you know all of that no nobody really cared about that in my context and that's hard because like it is a really i don't know phenomenal book like not that not that other parts of the Christian Bible, you know, aren't also like very vivid and has like a lot of imagery and really rich visuals. But Revelation, I think, is one of the most like densely Mm -hmm. um, image driven and a lot of allusions, if you will, to also the um, Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, a lot of prophetic language. Mm Um, and, but it's not something that you may like readily pick up unless you're like reading it slowly, reading it very carefully. Um, and then, so I guess my, my thought slash question is like, if people aren't actually reading it (laughs) and they're not actually thinking about what's in the book, but what, how the book becomes like more of an icon, like how the ideas or things images associated with the book are being used like how do you see that like is that part of the bible like we call that reception right but like yeah we call it reception yeah is that part of the bible (laughs) it's interesting i think it's part of the interpretive process that people adopt right it's they're not reading the 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 lines the very lines and sentences and the content of the book of revelation but they're picking up on and extracting from it tangential ideas and themes that resonate with other parts of the book or other parts of the bible for instance like Hmm. heaven and hell concept right i i'm not too sure where exactly in revelation the the specific ideas of heaven and hell um, and how that is tied to the concept of retribution shows up in the book of revelation but somehow like you know it is tied into the concept of the end of the nations and the end of the world, which mm-hmm. is something that comes up in the book of Revelation. And, you know, so I, I guess for me, it, I see it as like a part of the interpretive process that people um, in different cultures and traditions sort of adapt, right? It's That's also interesting because technically, I think, if I might be wrong, but like there is no in in the Hebrew Bible tradition, mm-hmm. like there is no such thing as heaven. No, um, there is Sheol where There's people Sheol. go, mm-hmm. dead people go. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's not anything like what we see with like eternal fire and yeah. you know sulfur and smoke coming out. Like yeah. it's nothing like that no. in Revelation and in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus talks about Gehenna, and mm-hmm. it's also the idea of like some kind of fiery torment, and, and and there's a separation of you know good people and bad people maybe, right. but like the, that's not something very specifically spelled out in other parts of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is like Revelation itself mm-hmm. is 
an interpretation yeah. um, of the themes, as exactly what you were saying, yeah. themes and and concepts and ideas from other parts of the uh, textual traditions. That's right. And uh, making making his his own. And yeah. I wonder if you would be in, uh, willing to say some things about like how do you see from Ghanaian yeah. perspective. Um, yeah. And I know you're right now studying a lot about like yeah. Africana studies and, yeah. and indigenous um, kind of like epistemologies. And like, yeah. do you have anything you want to share about how you see the themes in Revelation mm-hmm. being in red mm-hmm. in African context? Yeah. Um, again, this is also on the tangent. It's not like something that explicitly comes up in the book of Revelation, but as far as revelation is associated with concepts of death and the afterlife and the end of life um uh, different african traditions and philosophies um you know view death and the afterlife in different ways Hmm. for instance um in the akan context there is the concept of Asamando, which is the place where the spirit of the dead goes, right? It's actually conceived as a place, but it is not necessarily, um, when you compare that to the Christian concept of heaven and hell, it's not necessarily conceived as, you know, a separate place for uh, for good people and bad, bad people, but it's a place where the spirit of all the ancestors go to. Um, and, of course, there is this sort of moral ethical division between like uh you know dead people that did good and dead people that did did bad um but but the the punishment that they get is sort of inscribed into um the burial rites that they they all experience like how you bury good people and how you bury bad people mm-hmm. um so like you know because most african traditions believe in a concept of like reincarnation or rebirth that's when you go to be with the ancestors at some point mm-hmm. you are going to be reborn right you're going to come back um and you know live among the living again right and that's even tied to you know the way people um uh they call it beth marks right when you when they give birth to people they give them beth marks or oh. they give them like tribal marks or something like that you know it has cultural dimensions to it but it has also like you know something to do with what will happen if that person dies and when the person comes back and you see similar marks on them like oh yeah this person that's how you that's how you recognize the person who was here before and you know died and then is is back right back to my concept about like burial rites and practices and funeral practices because we don't want the bad person to come back Mm -hmm. the way they are buried is basically in a way that is shameful like we sweep after them with a broom with a traditional broom mm-hmm. right in in a very shameful ritual ritualistic way like so casting that, them out ca- kind of. casting them out so that they they feel so ashamed that they don't want to be part of this place again they don't want to come back again and so they go in and they stay there and then the the good ones have like you know um, in a very pleasing and uh, nice burial, and you know, in a way that is welcoming of them after Wait. they come. So it's it's all of that really rough. But do people who 
then then those who have died and come back they come back to inhabit like this world so it's not an otherworldly concept no it's not an otherworldly concept it's a belief that they come back and you know maybe in different ways slightly different ways but they come back and inhabit this actual world so in in a sense the world never really ends i guess that's the point that i'm going to right in in that sense the world never really ends the world is an ongoing process um and it's inhabited by people who come and then go and they are reborn and then they come back again I find the lack of otherworldliness really fascinating because I had always thought that that was a just essential part of any religious system mm-hmm. that this, you believe in some like otherworldly spiritual realm. There like, is there is that belief in the Akan tradition the, mm-hmm. that you know there is the belief that there is a spirit world mm-hmm. for instance there is the belief that there's a world that is different from the mm-hmm. world that like we live in as mm-hmm. mortal beings there is that concept but you know there's also slight tension between that world and the concept of the end of this world mm. right yeah 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 i think that's what i was trying to get <laughs> guess, it's, yes. it's that because in the system of reincarnation yes as you were saying like i think that phrase really stuck out to me like there is no end yes um that this world continues on with yeah. the souls of the departed who come back and re-inhabit and yes. the cycle kind of goes on. So the time is not really exactly. linear. Yes. There is circularity yes. um, and and an ongoing of, of this yes. world, which then it, it brings me back to um, this idea of apocalypse that is present yes. in Revelation. I one of the articles that we read for the, the course that I was in, um, it's Telling Times for Asian America by mm-hmm. uh, I can't say his name right, but that's <laughs> Young Ben <Yilu. laughs> I apologize. Um, does touch on that concept a little bit of like lack of, um, or I guess like non-linear time. Yeah, and I know there are other um, scholars who kind of think about this. Yeah, that like. What's really attractive and also really strange about the uh, apocalypse, which actually doesn't really mean end of the world. I I don't think I actually knew that until uh, more recently either. It's just a Greek word for for revelation or revealing. Um, More on that later. But is that like the fact that it is talking about like this like cataclysmic event that like is end of all things as we know it. Yeah. Sounds like end of the world. Yeah. Because it is as we know it, the world as we know it. Yeah. But technically the world does not end in the sense that like there is new Jerusalem, there wow. is new heaven and new earth. Wow. And yeah. it's not like all of the souls mm-hmm. um, have disappeared, yeah. even the ones who were raptured or wherever they went, right? Yes. Like all the people are back in a way like yes. whether it's in their new bodies or whatever um and there's continuity yes right and so it's like a rupture in time uh-huh. and kind of breaking of time as we know it but it, it's not an end and yes. i think even um for i guess uh, there's so many interesting things there like uh, two things i don't know how they're related but that i want to mention what you said is like one um the fact that like for traditional as i understand it like um jewish thought Mm -hmm. or as i was mentioning in the hebrew bible there Mm -hmm. is no um concept of like 
other another realm like mm-hmm. again there is shield yeah but so much of like the re- relationship god has with israel and all of kind of interactions with the divine is yes. this world it's not about some other realm utopia yeah. yes good or bad yeah. where like at the end of life you go somewhere and then that's when the real life begins like that does not exist in the hebrew bible it is very this world right um whereas like i think uh, the kind of like what we understand as evangelical um teachings like has like the west western christianity has very much of this dichotomy of like this world body and then some (laughs) other world and like soul and or spirit eternity like there is this weird duality happening like that's yes i find that interesting that like you don't really see that in like an indigenous african thinking but also that's also not in the hebrew bible but then revelation seems to play that and it has become something else um the other thing that I wanted to mention is uh, on the, yeah, like just the non-linearity um, of mm-hmm. time, like, or the uh, the rupture of time, actually. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, maybe it is related because the whole, I, I think in a way, the duality that I was describing, like the dichotomy of this world, the other world, um, like body and then soul over there, like, yeah. It has it, it works because in that concept time is linear yes. like it is from like there is a very definitive beginning and yes. then there's a very definitive end and then yes. time is going one way yes. and it's everything in history is like going towards that end indeed yeah um whereas for um i don't know like a, another um a scholar who was really um, kind of like thought provoking for me was um, Jacqueline Hidalgo, mm-hmm, yeah, who I came know. to speak yeah. mm-hmm. um, to. The, it was a very a little bit different context. She was yeah. specific, talking specifically about like Chicano Chicano mm-hmm. context, but like she was basically pu- putting it out there that like you know it, this utopia mm-hmm. or um, end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's for those who have survived apocalypse like the end of the world end of the world has already happened for yeah. some but we are still alive as she was talking about children of the apocalypse right, right. um the ones who have like uh indigenous african folks so yes. one example like a lot of the global south like have experienced colonialism and and oh, yeah and that was an end of world as we know it yes for those folks and but the world didn't end <laughs> um in that they also have survived yes and so there's this like rupture in time and yes. a completely different world has emerged but Indeed, it's not yeah. but there is still continuity and there's still life um yes. and i find that i don't know i find all these like tensions really interesting i think it's uh it's something that i would say also exists in some african epistemologies as well because uh, John Mbiti, who did his PhD in New Testament at Oxford very long time ago, um, wrote his whole dissertation on this exact same thing, like mm-hmm. the non-linearity uh, of time um, in um, the Akamba of Kenya context, right? Mm-hmm. And he did this in comparison uh, with the book of Revelation, and he you know, sort of talked about exactly the same thing that you're talking about, right? So um, I guess like we learn a lot when we look at how other people conceive of time and how mm-hmm. um, 
uh, Western uh, evangelical traditions also conceive of um, time, especially as they see it in the Book of Revelation. And mm. you know, you really did a good job by outlining like the the, the the tensions between that because we, for many people, it's ended. Like the end of the the world is ended. Like in in different ways and at different points. Mm-hmm. But this life keeps going keeps going on, right? mm. and we're still living. And and that's how it has been for most people. Hmm. You know? It just reminds me that the text like ancient texts like Revelation and, and the Bible that we study, um have still so much to offer, like after two thousand plus years of like studying, like that there's still ways that people read yeah. and find meaning or um, interpret yeah. and make sense of it mm-hmm. um, based on context, based on context um, and where like we come from. And, text and context, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I'm kind of beating the dead horse there about <laughs> reception <laughs> history, but um, I, yeah. Should we talk about um, something else that is also very um, interesting? Yes. Um, <laughs> interesting is another statement, <laughs> but okay. Uh, we, Fire which, away. which is um, the, you know, the sort of um, thinking about apocalypse in in Gaza, right? Um, and you definitely know that we cannot talk about um, the rhetorical and political use of the Book of Revelation without mentioning what's going on in Israel right now between Israel and Hamas, um, and how do you see? the language of domination and militarism and violence and the bat- battle scenes getting co-opted uh, by the religious right in, in the U.S. context, uh, for example. Whew, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Big um, question, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I thank you. That's such an important question. Um, I want to, like, you know, put a disclaimer yeah. that, like, it is a really big topic it and is. we can't avoid it in a way um i actually tried but i don't think i can <laughs> but uh, we want at least in this episode we want to um focus on or i'm trying to be conscious of like talking more specifically about the rhetorical link like use of the mm-hmm, language mm-hmm. um to uh, derive from the book of revelation and not comment so much on the like state of um israel and palestinian rights and like i am gonna try to stay a little bit away from the political conversation um but also like in a way politics is very much part of as we were saying context and how we read texts like this Mm -hmm. um and i think for those of us who are studying um biblical material like can attest that like of all the ways that um at least like recent history in my memory of like how recent world events and world conflicts have mm-hmm. um come up like that there is a long history of violence that is perpetrated by people who use and weaponize and, and interpret and sometimes maybe without even really thinking read and use the text yes. um but that we are in a way complicit. Yes. And so I, I th- at least for me, I think this war um, has really highlighted that yeah. for me. And what, in a way, like whether I like it or not, ca- kind of the 
ethical responsibility that yeah. falls on scholars like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so caveat aside, <laughs> um, what's what was really interesting was that I was curious um, throughout the course, um, even before the October attack, mm-hmm. um, how like the some terms like that we throw around like armageddon or you know um end times or um anything like that would like come up in the internet search and at actually i was thinking completely differently about like what what might come up yeah. and i was really obsessed with the movie oppenheimer, <laughs> okay, yeah, oppenheimer. and so i was thinking about like oh like would the images of like the like war like world war things yes. like world war Two, like the you know bombing and hiroshima and nagasaki like and especially because the movie has like brought it to our recent attention again yes. like um thinking about kind of like a nuclear age and the horror of that like man-made yeah. destruction and apocalypse yes. like would that have any influence on how people are thinking about the revelation so that was my initial interest okay and i did a google search um <laughs> on the some of the keywords uh-huh. um and what was i should not have been surprised but i was like blown away that basically when i looked up End times, apocalypse, revelation, uh-huh. and I like went to Google Analytics. All these search terms were, you know, they were like kind of somewhere along the line, like people were interested in them. But on the week of October eighth and fourteenth, they jumped up like a hundred wow. to like almost three thousand percent. Yeah. Um, and these the related search words that come up with like revelation israel war jesus revolution um <laughs> the hundred forty four thousand yeah. and signs of the apocalypse are like you know going up the chart <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. um people are looking for them and they're curious and i guess this um brings up more questions yeah. than it answers but what it got me thinking is that like kind of even going back to what we were talking about with um great uh late great planet earth and like left behind series in the beginning like Mm -hmm. how much of like the images um from the book of revelation are so powerful in like the cultural imagination yes and that like in times of crisis Mm -hmm. uh that these were like keywords or Mm -hmm. ideas or Again, like for, because most people are not gonna actually read the word. Like people, people are not gonna actually read the Bible, even though I really want us to. Um, but they're, these become readily usable or yeah. like adaptable somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By whoever wants to use um, very powerful image and language mm-hmm. for their own means and needs, mm-hmm. and. There's something about the the battles yeah. um, and the kind of triumphant yes. um, uh, nature of like you know God's righteous judgment, yes. like you know Jesus coming back, like Lamb, like yes. kind of coming back with his like vengeance yes. and you know basically you know redeeming all the martyred or the right, yeah. kind of Christian persecuted mm-hmm. kind of um, people who have done right and and 
avenging on his enemies um, and killing (laughs) a lot of living things like destroying the world so that the new world can come about like there's something really powerful about that and um, it's like you know I think it's not hard to just like look at when you just like search I don't know I think I put in that revelation war in Israel and like there are you know hundreds of blog posts um, by I think this yeah most of them I can kind of tell by looking at their title that like harvest.org or like you know godquestions.org or like livingwaters.org like these are kind of like probably Christian inspired um, websites but talking about like what role does Israel play in the end times Um, like what does the war mean for the Christians who are like waiting for a return of Jesus right? right yeah I I mean I I you drew my attention a lot to uh the pandemic and hmm. you know you remember um the middle of the pandemic there were a lot of conspiracy theories um around um, what covid actually is and hmm. somehow themes like exactly what we've talked about um where you know sort of rhetorically associated with with the pandemic and you know there were i'm sure there were thousands of blogs out there saying things like you know this is this is the sign of the end this is the sign of the sign of the the coming of christ this is like this is the doing of you know uh, this is the doing of the antichrist and you know there's all these like sort of um ideologies around but i guess my point is you know there's something about um people experiencing crises right mm-hmm. Um, or something happening, something as terrible um, as war happening, and then um, a lot of people uh, want to make meaning out of that. And one of the ways that they sort of, you know, find meaning is so associated with, you know, some of the themes that we see in Revelation, or you know, the the end of the world or the end of time or something like that, right? There's something about about the way people process. Um, um, difficulty and crises, hmm. and, um, and and read it as being a part of um, you know whatever that that ha- has to do with the end of hmm. the world. It's interesting that you mentioned COVID. I hadn't thought about that, even though actually that was um, I think one week um, in the the course reading we did talk. Oh, about you did talk of, about COVID. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like disease, plagues, yes. and. Um, the kind of like undesirable elements uh-huh. um, that the the revelation actually does have a little bit of that like purity language yeah. um, of like those who are unclean cannot enter yeah. the new Jerusalem and um, and uh, what was I gonna say about that like the language around. Um, like almost like hygiene right like yeah. whether it's ritual or maybe even like ethical morally yep. like purity yep. um and the like disease and the plague and the undesirable kind yeah. of p- elements who are then associated with people that's right um it's really again like 
those are elements it's not sp- really spelled out in revelation that exactly, way but yeah. like it gets used it gets picked up mm-hmm. and it gets used mm-hmm. in um immigration conversations for example right, right um whether it's like the chinese exclusion act mm-hmm. or kind of like the way we talk about mexicans crossing the borders mm-hmm. of the south like these are like people who that that from the perspective of like America is a new Jerusalem, like we do not right. want these people for oh, X, Y, Z yeah. and they carry disease or like they bring Kung Fu, yeah. Kung Fu virus or whatever. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that kind of language. That. Right. Yeah. Um, and so again, like how much does um, the image and concept and language in revelation like carry so much power and potency to be readily used and and then this brings me to the last thing that you were saying about people in crisis and um the one of the books that we read um is called crisis and catharsis Mm -hmm. by um Adele Yarbrough Collins. Okay, uh, yeah. That's a it, name, it's yeah. a it's a very familiar <laughs> name. <laughs> the classic book um, on Revelation talking about she, she's talking mostly about the the actual you know context of the the book. Oh, the book. Written, yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. Thinking about like whether there really was a widespread Christian persecution, and yeah. you know, for those like. Jewish Christians and also yep. those Gentile Christians like in Asia Minor like kind of thinking about like under Roman Empire like mm-hmm. what would it mean for people who are perceiving that they are in crisis to right. like respond to um, that crisis mm-hmm. um, and that apocalypse as a genre like provides as you were saying like a way to like make meaning of out of threat or Indeed, um, yeah. and I guess this brings me to another question slash thought like on how so is it a you is it a good thing (laughs) i know i'm like putting it a really good black and white very like simple (laughs) question binary question but like to have you know a readily available language and image and um ideas like from the book of revelation that people can you know use i guess um to cope with crisis or to make sense of uncertainties but by but the way they do that or the way the book does that is really by giving you a very stark black and white and binary kind of world right right? like where it's you're either good or bad you're either the saved or not you know you're either with god or like against god you're either gonna be saved or be destroyed like you're either the you know chosen ones or you know or you're like the undesirables right like there are all these like very rigid binaries and and it's in a way maybe very like satisfying to have like such such like clear-cut answers Uh and also at the end like for the ones that are undesirable and that you don't want your enemies like to be destroyed in such like a violent way that's right and they revel in it there's so much like reveling language of like you watch the fall of babylon you watch like the enemies be tortured and burned forever like you smell the smoke like you see the slain bodies like it's there's so much like rejoicing over these like violent imageries and so like how useful is it to have a book like this and how do you you read it i tell you yeah (laughs) i i I, it just you know it's similar to like how do people 
experienced in suffering um, think of the fall of empire really right Ooh, say more <laughs> <laughs> how, how do they do like if you're if you're if you're experiencing suffering caused by empire and then the empire mm. falls how do you respond to it with rejoicing right indeed mm. so in some way i think these concepts that you are, are bringing up um for me they like you know for a person or a people that are experiencing suffering or experiencing colonization or you know all the legacies of imperialism or whatever like in all the all terrible things that empire does um the ideas of victory over that over hmm. the enemy over empire ideas of um you know there's the concept of like white the white horse and then the lamb sitting on the white horse and then you know s- slaying um you know, beheading, I think something about the enemy, like, you know, Revelation 19 or something like that. I don't remember clearly. But, you know, I think as I look back even on some of the, um, some of the sermons that I had in church, mm. there's something about, oh, this is the moment where all of us are going to experience the culmination of all victories, like the victory of all victories. And it's mm. and here it is, like it's right here in the book of Revelation that there's going to be a moment where there's no more suffering because this son of man is coming dressed in white and is ready to fight the enemy, right? It's, it's ready to put an end to all evil and all suffering. Mm. There's something about that, but that's from the perspective of the sufferer, someone who is is like mm. the, the people experiencing the, the thing, mm. right? And I wonder what it would look like to nuance that a lot more, right? So that's a really good question. I wonder what you think about that, Hattie. <laughs> I, I, I do want to, you know, add more nuance to that. Yeah. And I, I, I do want to come back to what you were saying about from the perspective of suffering yes. people. Because I think that that has everything to do with how we answer is like about perspectives right but um yeah one of the i think sharp critiques Mm -hmm. of um on the book of revelation i mean there are so many things to critique but um, a book like this of course yeah (laughs) yes as is the rest of the bible but um the as you were saying the language of victory and um and i think i've also mentioned it in the beginning of the episode yeah. when i was talking about god's justice yes. um when all the wrongs will be made right right, right and yeah. you're right like there's something so powerful about that yeah. and that it gives people hope yes. um and ways to kind of cope and, and make sense of sense their of own world and have yeah. more agency um and the whole like i i, I want to say um, Brian Blount was mm-hmm. one of the um, readings that we did right. um, called Can I Get a Witness? And kind of looking at Revelation as like a way to, um, for African Americans, mm-hmm. um, especially like someone I believe he's like also kind of familiar with and trained in like liberation theology and right. black liberation theology, thinking yeah. about like for those on the suffering side, yes. right? Like people who have experience extreme violence That's and right. loss of freedom um and degradation and loss of dignity like for people like that um like in the black community to see this book um as a way to um resist the powers that be to right. resist the empire and is is a way of like witnessing um which is a very powerful thing it is um and at the same time like thinking about like 
what does it mean then for you know in in um revelation when john clearly sees the uh, the per uh yeah. the I guess purported author yeah. John seeing like all these things and saying like you know I speaking from very like a perceived marginalized community yeah. um, of Christians under living under Roman Empire and critiquing right. the empire and the empire. and seeing the fall of the empire and mm-hmm. rejoicing um, for someone um, in that community to then basically take on all of the attributes of the empire <laughs> that made rome so terrible oh my in, god yeah right like in the dominating over their subjects yes and you know destroying and reveling in the the torture and like yeah. you know slaying of their enemies and conquering language that's basically all of what the lamb and the lion does yes. um and creating a new world order yes. exactly like the one that they just defeated yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. and so like yeah that makes me ponder and i think a lot of um african-american uh even like um uh, someone like Chantel smith mm-hmm. or um actually yes like thinking about like um from the womanist and feminist perspective then like like is it okay that we talk about freedom and justice but through the language of violence (laughs) that is like basically taking on the imperial role and like subjugation of women right like um i i think that's on uh, that's honestly that was one of the questions that i had i'm like i hear you is uh, is revolution and is you know change that we need to right the wrong and like the <laughs> make justice happen for the sufferers like yeah. does that always then require violence like yeah is that yeah just a human condition yeah <laughs> and yeah, what the, like, does yeah. the bible say anything about that <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's like where at the end of the day the sufferer is not any different from uh from empire because the sufferer um wants and becomes the empire mm. um, only that this time uh, the difference is they were suffering before mm. right so it's like you take on all the tools and the methods of empire to overcome and then yay we got it but you know you got it exact the same way that uh, you were you were also um, isn't there uh, a term for that I think there is there should be because it's not like it's not a new it's not a concept that is only in 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 revelation mm. i i see it in a lot of texts that also have empire embedded within them right mm. because usually when um um when the persecuted well maybe not a persecuted but when the subject um um protests for freedom then it's like the desire is to be free ultimately but also to be free in what way right to be as free as the emperor right to become like the emperor indeed mm. so it's a repeated con- concept in several different texts mm. and because of that i should think that there is a name for it i don't know what the name is but it's a really interesting um concept that you put out here right is should should restoration come through the same means as imperialization mm. yeah and i don't think revelation gives us any except the end where everybody's you know every nation tongue and trying to come in like rejoicing yeah 
maybe let's end on that note as well and uh so that it is also encouraging to all the listeners um, <laughs> who um have been listening to us in the last 40 minutes and we are just talking about all of the the difficult parts of revelation but there's also the theme of like every nation rejoicing and singing and uh you know coming together and all of that like this there's, there's something nice about that right <laughs> i guess yeah. so and i think <laughs> it is a good way to end because then maybe this will be like okay go read the book for yourself <laughs> go read revelation and tell me if you think it belongs in the bible <laughs> oh my god yeah what a wonderful project hattie um thank you thank you <laughs> that was fun coming through and sharing your project with us and uh we wish you all the best um in all the projects that you're doing and then uh uh, hopefully you come back and share more things with us. Yay, more fun books. <laughs> Bible is endless. Thank you. Awesome.